It's December 14, 2022. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we'll talk to Rob Jedicki, and uh, we'll talk about the Honolulu Science Cafe event that's coming up on December 20th. And then, of course, we'll be joined by Laura Arsabal and Ka'ala Souza. We'll talk about the federal programs that are instrumental in building out our broadband access and digital equity for all. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to welcome Rob Jedicki. And Rob, you know, I might have the pronunciation wrong, so please correct me. <laughs> You're doing perfect. Okay, Jedicki. And of course, he's here to tell us about the Honolulu Science Cafe, which actually has been going on for quite a while. And, and this one that's upcoming is featuring Monique Chiba. And Rob, I want to welcome, welcome you back to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Now, Rob, um, before we get into Honolulu Science Cafe, tell us what you do over at the Institute for Astronomy, because I, I still think that's pretty fascinating. I'm an astrophysicist here, and I've been working for 20 or 30 years on asteroid surveys, comet surveys, and uh, particularly focusing on the ones that might hit Earth someday, trying to find them before they find us. But uh, most recently, I've actually been working with a company that is trying to learn how to commercially viably commercially viably mine asteroids. And and uh, so with the mapping and tracking of of you know asteroids that are potentially hazardous to the Earth, is that is that the PanStar? You, do you use PanStar? Yeah, I came here twenty years ago to help develop PanStars, oh. and specifically the system that identifies and. Uh, and sort of points out where the asteroids are in the images. That's great. And uh, we've actually had some folks come on and talk about, I thought, I thought NASA was even going to start something to look at, or even maybe private sector was going to look at uh, potential threat, potentially threatening asteroids. Yeah, well, NASA has been very involved for many decades, and NASA is currently you know, funding, I think, the majority of PANSTARS in its efforts to find the dangerous asteroids. Uh, NASA is building a telescope right now that will be a space-based platform for trying to identify the dangerous asteroids as well. Well, you know, Rob, uh, be sure to let me know cool stuff you're working on. I'll, I'll definitely have you back, and we can delve a little deeper you know, into the subject. I mean... There was a point when, um, you know, we used to cover a lot of stuff happening with identifying the uh, uh, planets uh, that were orbiting faraway stars. And uh, uh, we, we used to jokingly say that uh, this show was really called uh, Exoplanet Palooza. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, astronomy is a, is a topic of interest of mine. But anyway, so let's let's get into this uh the Honolulu Science Cafe, and, and I've had Monique on the show as well. She's a math, uh, mathematician, and, and what she's doing something called Pandemic Modeling Gone Viral. I mean, that's, that's an interesting title. Yeah, I think uh, Monique's great. She, uh, you know, she didn't do viral uh, pandemic modeling until the COVID pandemic. Mm-hmm. She's been involved in a whole bunch of other fields and research. Uh, she and I got to know each other few years ago when I was interested in trying to do uh, design missions to mini-moons, asteroids that are actually captured in the Earth-Moon system, and the kind of mathematics that she does was applicable to that field. And then through that friendship and uh, our work together, 
Um, we've we remained in contact, and then once the pandemic hit, she realized that a lot of her technology could be applied to the COVID pandemic. No, that's great, and and of course, uh, the Science Cafe has been a pretty long-running uh, gathering for people interested in science, but you, it was on a hiatus for a couple of years, right? Yes, the Science Cafe in Honolulu is actually a part of a much larger group. It's, a, it's an international uh, science cafe um, uh, centered out of Paris, out of France, mm-hmm. and uh, in the United States alone, there's uh, something like a few dozen science cafes, ranging from Annapolis to Stanford, and here in Honolulu, it's been running for about 13 years or so, mostly run by uh, one of my colleagues, Gareth Wynne-Williams, and uh, he recently retired from running the project, it's now being run by three other people, including me, and uh, yeah, so it's been running since 2009, we had a year and a half long hiatus during the pandemic, but we've had Two already this three already this uh, fall, and we are looking forward to Monique's talk on the twentieth next week on Tuesday. And so, typically, what do you feature? I mean, in in Monique's case, she's a mathematician. She's going to talk about the you know pandemic and modeling it. But what were you? Uh, what did you have previously? And and what are your typical, let's say, uh, speakers that you would reach out to? So we're we're trying to uh, have a broad range of science scientists. Uh, and different topics. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be uh, for people who enjoy talking about science with a glass of wine and while eating their meals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we don't want to focus just on physics or astronomy. So we've had people talking this year about internet threats, uh, light vision perception, how animals see the world, uh, new physics at uh, the Bell 2 experiment. And uh, on, in January, we've got a uh, talk on brain imaging. So, you know, we're really trying to, to mix it up and have a whole uh, variety of topics. Oh, that's great. And, of course, uh, I'm, I'm on your mailing list. I will definitely, uh, you know, feature uh, things that are coming up with the Honolulu Science Cafe. That's great. So, so tell, tell us, this is going to happen on the 20th. Where is this going to take place? It's happening on the 20th at uh, Asagio Cafe in Kahala. And uh, if people want to find out more information, they can just Google Honolulu Science Cafe, and there's all the information there, including how to sign up for our mailing list. Very good. And do they just uh, show up, or do they have to reserve a spot? We would prefer it if you RSVP to the mailing list. Okay, okay, very good. Well, mahalo, Rob, for joining me. Thank you very much. I'll put that up on our show notes for later. And, of course, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Laura Arcebal and Ka'ala Souza. We'll talk about the National Telecommunications Information Administration. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Honolulu Waldorf School. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm happy to welcome Laura Arcebal. And, of course, I want to announce the fact that she is the brand-new federal program officer, and she will explain what exactly that is. And it is, she has got the responsibility of overseeing a couple of big, big projects. I, I sometimes refer to her as the, the woman on top of the pyramid. And, of course, uh, there's the BEAD program, which is the Broadband Equity Access and Deployment, and there's uh, another program called the Digital Equity Act, and uh, she has responsibility for both of them. And, of course, my good buddy Ka'ala Souza, he's our local digital literacy instructor and digital equity advocate, and I want to welcome both of you to Bite Marks Cafe. 
Oh, my goodness, Bert. Mahalo for that. <laughs> yes, what a great introduction. Hello, Bert. Yeah. Hi, Laura. Aloha. Well, you know, for the Aloha benefit... Ka'ala. For the benefit of our, our listeners, you know, I, I, I want to frame this up properly because, you know, there's oftentimes <laughs> these big federal programs. We sort of hear, maybe get a little glimpse of it in the news somewhere, but you really don't know how does that actually impact our lives. And 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 so I'll I'll kind of frame it up and, and um, hopefully I won't misrepresent you, uh, uh, Laura. But, the, you know, the federal government passed a bill uh, which resulted in something called the Infrastructure Investment Jobs Act, and yeah. that came out. And and in this huge act uh, were a bunch of line items specific to broadband and digital equity. So all the, in fact, there was so much. Uh, there is so much attention to this project that the National Telecommunications Information Administration actually went out and hired. Federal program officers for each state, and I am just so pleased that Laura got the got the tap to do to be basically be Hawaii's um, federal representative for this program. So, so Laura, tell us a little bit about you know what, who is the NTIA and what do you now have to do to oversee these big projects? Oh my goodness! Yes, thanks, Bert. Yeah, this is a huge moment in our time. You know, Congress committed the largest investment of funding for broadband. It's unprecedented. And it means every household connected, every single one. For Hawaii, that means the same. So that is the goal, is to connect every household in Hawaii. Um, the NTIA is responsible for overseeing the distribution of these funds to states. And they're committed um, to this. They hired as you said, one federal broadband program officer in every state. And I am so stoked to represent Hawaii and be that program officer, because typically program officers are usually from the continent. To be in Hawaii and stay in Hawaii and support Hawaii, uh, it's just, um, I'm just blown away. So I am so humbled and honored to be in this role. Um, And as you know, Bert, we've been working together for quite some time. I was serving as the state's telehealth coordinator. Um, We cannot do telehealth without broadband. (laughs) So I learned so much about broadband. Um, But the NTIA is responsible for um, rolling out these funds, overseeing the funds, and they committed to providing every state a program officer. You know, my role is really to um, provide technical assistance, um, ensure timely deployment, really to be there to um, help support the coordination of this huge investment. And for Hawaii, I believe it's about a total of about $500 million, um, which is big, really big. And we could do a lot with that and ensure that our households can be connected. Um, as you mentioned earlier, it's the BEAD funding, um, the Digital Equity Act funding um, and, uh, you know, it requires coordination, requires integration of those plans. Um, and I believe we can do it. 
um, besides that is what, you know, Kaala is going to be doing. Well, we'll, really we'll is... don't worry, we'll get to Kaala. <laughs> I just want to make sure okay. that you get some, you know, some words in here before we go, go to Kaala because that might be it for your part of the interview. Oh, please. please, please. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm just kidding. So, but, but uh, Laura, you, you said something really important there because uh, this, this role that you play, technical assistance, you know, you, you know it, when we talk about it, it might sound, oh, you know, money's coming in and, you know, you guys got to do this, that, and the other thing, but there is a boatload of things that need to get done. And uh, whether it's, <clears throat> you know, the BEAD program, which BEAD stands for Broadband Equity mm-hmm. Access and Deployment, or or even something like the Capital Projects Fund, which is another $115 mm-hmm. million. That's infrastructure uh, build for things like cable landings and inter-island fiber. Mm-hmm. And, and there's also uh, a middle mile uh, competitive grant that uh, the University of Hawaii went after. So that could also add into the mix. And not to mention... Laura, which I know you will do a good job at, is uh, interacting with the folks over at the DHHL, which is also a recipient of funds. Absolutely, tribal funds. You know, um, I'm that's that's my heart too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, we, we know, you know, just coming through a pandemic, we know uh, even within the health department, having worked with Haima. Um, that folks on Native Hawaiian communities, you know, the homeland, they, they just, they, they lack the broadband um, connectivity needed to be able to do telehealth and to, um, you know, be able to look for jobs and, and so forth. So we know that the Hawaiian homeland um, uh, and folks, uh, the Pacific Islanders, um, weren't connected during that time. Uh, and so that, that was a group that stood out. Um, during a survey uh, for our part in providing medical and public health services during the pandemic. So I just want to highlight that. So yes, tribal communities um, across the nation, um, they'll have a separate funding um, to be able to address their needs. Right, and, and these are all coming out of the same uh, Infrastructure Investment Jobs Act, and, and I think this is another uh, program that the NTIA is is also administering. So, lots of stuff on your mm-hmm. plate now. Now, you know, folks I'm... that are that are tuned in, <clears throat> I think it's a it's a good image to to keep in your mind that uh, here you have the federal government. Laura is at the top of this pyramid, and then and then you got people on the ground. You got people on the ground. You know, they're the ones that do the work, and that's where people like Kaala are are there doing doing the hard work. To, to get out there and do digital literacy classes, you know, work with the 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 folks that are not on, not not necessarily even taking a digital literacy one hundred and one. In fact, you know, if you if you talk to Kaala, I mean, he's actually delivering digital literacy oh one. So it's very <laughs> <laughs> very basic stuff. So and Kaala, so you know, describe a little bit about what you do, and then and then we'll uh, we'll probably take a little short little break. But I I think what uh, I also want to get you to sort of think about, and maybe Laura and, and Kaala, how does the money go from <laughs> some from Laura, and how does it get to Kaala? I mean, you know, how does that supply chain work? But so, Kaala, describe a little bit about what you do. Uh, yeah, thanks, Bert. So over the last year or so, I've been doing and working with a lot of different uh, community organizations, uh, nonprofits. Uh, even our uh, city and county and state offices to provide basic, basic, basic computer classes 
support people who are or at a digital literacy or a computer skill level less than one. So we're we're talking about not 101. I say, you know, all the time, that's a computer. I mean, sorry, that's a college level class, 100, right? Mm-hmm. 100 and above is college. So we're doing 001. And we offer free classes to people um, around the state. And, and we give out free computers. So if you don't have a computer, you don't know how to use it, you know, you can't, even if you have internet access, which is what I know you and Laura are really, you know, focusing on right now, if you have internet access but don't have a device and don't know how to use it, you're, you still can't play. So we need all three of these things uh, for digital equity to be happening. And over the last year, you know, we've, we've worked with a lot of different, I, I call them friends, really, but they're probably more officially like partners and collaborators, Kamehameha Schools, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, AHEC, uh, this, this is uh, Rural Health from UH and Jabsum, um, AERP, Hi-Fi, you know, there's just a lot of people who want to get involved with this, with the different communities around our state. And, and Hi-Fi, you mentioned, uh, not many people may know the acronym, but uh, what, what does that stand for? Yeah, that's the Hawaii Public Health Institute. And, you know, they were really, really focused on helping, working with AERP to make sure that our kupuna uh, could get connected and be online and, and not be isolated and take advantage of things like telehealth, like what Laura was talking about, and mm-hmm. she knows it almost better than anybody else. So that was just it's just a lot of people saying, you know, we're all heading in the same direction, in the same canoe. Let's work together, and it was it was pretty awesome. And and you know, Kaala, you've been doing this, I think, even for a period of time, not even getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> and and of you course, know, it's it's. <laughs> thanks for bringing that up, Bert. My wife, hopefully, my wife isn't listening to this. She's like, I thought you had a job. Um, you know what is it it's not you know for me it's um it's it's so necessary but it's it's not super labor intensive you know i actually get energized and pretty pumped up after doing a class it's it's really fun we have a good time you know people come in anxious and and sometimes terrified Uh, but we have a good time they leave they're happy i was in hilo last uh actually two days ago and i did a class with uh, a a substance abuse program called Lokai. Shout out to those guys on, on the east side of Big Island there. And we had about 12 people in the class. And one guy he- held the laptop in his hand, and he turned to his friend next to him, and he said, you know, I've never held one of these before. I never touched one. And it was like the first time. It was pretty energizing. It's pretty uh, fulfilling. And um, so, I mean, it, it, it sounds, you know, I mean, my wife would love for me to get paid. And and, and there's been some, you know, a clinic came in and said, we want to support this. And and so they were, you know, they're uh, supporting this around the middle of the year. So it was good. It was it was great. But it's just so necessary. We got to do it. Let's get the job done. Well, so th- and that's where I think uh, I, I do want to <clears throat> kind of describe a little bit about how the money actually kind of flows. But before we get into that, why don't we take a, a short little break? We will ask you all to hold that thought. We'll be right back after a short break to continue our conversation with Laura Arsabal and Ka'ala Souza. And we're, of course, talking about federal funding for broadband and digital equity and how does it actually get into the hands of the hardworking people like Ka'ala. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Ulupono Initiative. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on HPR One. I'm Bert Lum, and of course, if you're just joining us, we're talking talking to Laura Arsabal, and of course, she Aloha. is the brand new 
federal program officer for Hawaii, working for the federal government, the National Telecommunications Information Administration, and Kaala Souza, our digital equity advocate. And right before the break, uh, Kaala was kind of describing, you know, the work that he he does, and and, and of course he was doing it uh, in the beginning, you know, just because he loved doing it, and and then of course you know some contracts came along and. Uh, were able to support his efforts, but those were pretty much uh, philanthropic support. And I know the Kupuna Collective mm-hmm. pulled some pulled some uh, resources together. Yeah. And and Laura, you know the the uh, it's not like you're going to be you know Santa Claus or throwing money you know into the hands of <laughs> us waiting people on the on the ground. There are there are actual steps that need to be taken uh, in order to get to a point where the grants. Uh, start coming in and and maybe Laura, tell us a little bit about the the planning grants that we are now uh, basically undertaking, and the clock has already started. Right. So, Bert, um, you know, all of this occurred during a time when I was still at the health department. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. my last day literally was yesterday with the health department, and I'm going to be coming on board for the record with the NTIA on January third. So, oh, okay, okay, okay. So I'm asking you questions that may be a little bit, you know, ahead of the t- the game. But you know, since I know you and have been in, you've been involved with this this journey that we've all been on. I figure you can speak a little bit to you know the the, the process. Right. So you know the funds are coming. So in this process, being a part of the broadband hui, you know, thanks to you, Bert. Um, you know, the funds come in because the states have to put in a request to say, I'm interested in participating and so forth. There's a proposal that goes into NTIA, and we just literally received the funding right in Hawaii. It flows through state agencies and the various agencies that are the sub-recipients. Um, UH is, is one of the sub-recipients. DBED is one of the sub-recipients. And I, I want to um, clarify that those two roles are very different in a sense, but still together all part of one integrated piece because UH has that infrastructure funding um, and the mapping requirement um, as well as for DBED. DBED has the, um, you know, digital equity plan and funding for that as well. But the equity piece is really key in all of that to make sure that residents, um, that we could really close the divide. And there are several funding pots that are coming into the state to address that divide in in various ways. And so, yes, that planning fund um, is is a key part of mapping to identify areas in the state um, that are underserved. That means in broadband terms, you know, areas that are under 100 um, download speeds, um, 120 and above. 25.3, and then those areas specifically that are under unserved, which is 25.3 and under. Yes. So um, that planning grant is really a, a vital part to identifying those unserved and underserved areas. Um, what were you going to say, Bert? You know, you're right. I mean, and for for our listeners, you know, we're, what we're talking about is. Uh, you know the hundred meg hundred meg down download uh, that is typically yes. considered the underserved, and then of course the twenty five, even lower twenty five three, which is twenty twenty five meg down three up, is considered unserved. So if you're in that category, you're unserved. And what what uh, 
Laura is describing is that one of the priorities for the bead program is to make sure that nobody gets left uh, behind by being unserved. Everybody's got to be up to the level of uh, being 100 meg at a minimum. So that's the, that's the goal here. Absolutely. Above that, right? right? Above that. We want everybody above that. So if you're below that, then we want to know where you're at. <laughs> and, you know, and the challenge, too, is that, you know, in Hawaii, we know that a lot of families, we have multi-generational households. And everyone tapping into that Wi-Fi network is, you know, tapping into that Internet. And then the speed is, is, is sort of going to be um, probably challenged and, and lower and so forth. Um, so we are looking for, and when I say we, I mean, you know, this funding is to identify those areas that are not being serviced appropriately. Um, so this pot of funds, largest investment ever for Hawaii is going to be closing that digital divide. Um, and, you know, what we know is that just having broadband is not sufficient enough. We need to have, you know, folks with the digital capacity to be able to participate and utilize um, the broadband with computer equipment and be digitally literate to utilize with computers and get online and so forth. And that's what you know, Ka'ala has been doing, he's been pounding the pavement. So we need, like I mentioned earlier, we need triple Ka'alas in the <laughs> community. We, we need more people like Ka'ala in this community. Ka'ala, you know, so, you know, yeah. given the fact that the, the, the bead money and, and CPF money, they may not actually get to you immediately. What are you going to do in the, in the interim, in the, in the meantime? Uh, pray. <laughs> no, it's for real. But you know, the, when, when you talk about this, is a, a interesting thing. Like when you talk about the money getting to me, I, I think it's not necessarily straight to Kaalo. I think what it is is to what the kind of stuff that I'm doing. Right? Yeah, so we yeah, need. Yeah. Um, we're we're giving people free refurbished computers, and they're not like MacBook Pros, you know. So so don't try and sign up for the class, you know, <laughs> just to get them. That. We're not getting those. They're 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 refurbished, um, but they get the job done. You know, they get you online. Um, they can get you to sign up with stuff. They can get you learning things, and that's what we want to do. We want people to learn how to learn on a computer, and so they can continue to learn how to learn on the computer through the internet. And so we're, you know, AHEC is is uh, that's the Area Health Education Center uh, with UH and Dr. Kelly Whitty. They're getting computers, refurbished computers, shipped in from California. Uh, DBED had got a whole bunch of computers that uh, worked with the libraries and. And they're giving them, you know, uh, to people through me, right? So they come to a three-hour class, they get these these computers, and they go home. And I mentioned, you know, the earlier that I had a guy that held one of these for the first time in his hands ever. And there's a lot of people, you know, who they're just afraid. I had one guy who had his own computer, and he came, uh, and he pulled it out of the box. I'm like, it's great. You have your own computer. He's like, I'm a, how long have you had that? He's like, I've had it for four years. I'm like, what do you mean? You, you use the box as a case? And he said, no, <laughs> I, I've never taken it out of the box. And I said, why? He said, because I'm afraid to use it. And so there's people Aww. who go, you know, what, you know, why, why are we getting involved with this? You know, the, the market will correct itself. The thing is, it's like learning a new language, right? So if, if you know, nobody's going to come and automatically learn Mandarin Chinese. <laughs> it's just, and it's like that for so many people. So the money, you know, coming into the state right now is our chance to scale. You know, it's not a small amount of people. Even just in our workforce, there's probably 200,000 people who are going to trip out on, on using a mouse 
you know, they're not going to do it very well. Uh, or not going to be able to pass a basic digital literacy test. Well, Carla, so Carla, I know, I know. <laughs> there's a lot more that we can talk about because uh, there are going to be a bunch of programs, and I'm going to have you back on. You know, when we launch, uh, you're cutting me off. Yeah, we, we're going to launch the Ed Case earmark. But I, I want to end with Laura. Tell us where can we go to find out more information about what you're going to be doing. Awesome. Okay, so folks can go to internetforall.gov. Very good. They can find out more information. Mahalo, Bert. Laura Arsabal is the Federal Program Officer for the NTIA overseeing Hawaii, and Ka'ala Souza is a digital literacy instructor and our digital equity advocate. I want to mahalo both of you for joining us today. Thank you. Mahalo. mahalo to you. And, of course, thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk to the winners of the Hawaii Annual Code Challenge. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find a podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR 1 every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app or your favorite podcast application. You stay safe. You stay awesome. We will see you next week on another edition of Bite Marsh Cafe. Stay tuned. Reveal is next.